I'm going to ask that you would turn to the New Testament scripture, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. I'm going to deal with one verse this morning. The King James Version reads as follows. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The grass wither, flower fade away, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to call on your rich and holy name. For you are God and God alone. We thank you now because in you we live, we move, and we have our being. We come with anticipation of what you're getting ready to do and what you're getting ready to say in this sacred place. You have allowed us to assemble one more time offer you praise and worship. God, we ask that you will control our thoughts. Ask that you would help us, oh God, to let go and let God have your way in this place. God, we ask that you would touch the preacher now. Give them preaching power from on high. Hide him behind your rugged cross. The people see none of him but all of thee. You said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And Father, we ask that you allow your word to go forth accomplish all that you have desired for it to accomplish on this day. For it is written, your word shall never return to you, Lord. Let it fall on good ground. Let it take up root and produce fruit and more fruit. And then God, let the Shekinah glory shine on all of us. That when we leave from this place, we leave better than whence we came. And that somebody would see us and know that we've been with the Lord. We thank you now for what you're getting ready to do. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you, ushers. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. My brothers and sisters, I want to speak from the subject, top priority, right. top priority. 
last week as we dealt with the subject when life falls apart we talked about brother job and how he dealt with his situation when everything seemed to happen and life fell apart all in one day we learned something from brother job that it seems as though the one constant that he had was that in all the things that went wrong, his top priority was God. My brothers and sisters, as Jesus is giving uh, this uh, message, he begins to let us know how do we deal with anxiety? How do we deal with the day and day hustle and bustle uh, that this life will throw at us? The Bible uh, declares to us that there are some things that uh, as we go through life, there are going to be some challenges, there are going to be some changes, there are going to be some, some, some trials and some tribulations that we're going to deal with. And because we are human, because that we are frail because we are finite, because we are fickle, uh, we begin to uh, get anxious about things and we begin to question things. But in one verse, Jesus began to deal with this situation because if we look at the text, my brothers and sisters, Jesus starts off uh, by telling us that if we want to live life and have all that God wants us to have, we must have him as his, have him as our top priority. So my brothers and sisters, as we look at the text today, and I won't keep you long, there's really two points that I want us to deal with uh, this morning. Uh, he says in here, uh, if we're dealing with an anxiety issue, which many of us are, many of us deal with this uh, because of the last two years, and we'll be honest with ourselves, many of us would have uh, declared and said that we wouldn't have been in this situation as long as we've been in this situation. I don't believe that anybody could have forecast that this pandemic would have lasted as long as it's lasting. Can I get some help up in here? Nobody thought in 2020 that we would be in 2022 still wearing masks. Nobody thought that in 2020 that we would still be social distancing in 2022. Nobody thought that in 2020 that we would still have to go through the same routines that we were going through way back in March of 2020. You couldn't tell me that we thought that we still would have problems with travel. We still have problems in hotels. We still have problems in restaurants. Nobody's seen that. And because of that, it has caused us to become anxious and have anxiety and have us uh, having all kind of mental issues. Can I get some help up in here? And because of that, God tells us in this verse, he says, I want you to do something instead of worrying about everything else. I want you to shift your attitude. He tells us, he says, if you look at it, 
uh, let me back up a few verses. He says in uh, verse number 31, he says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Whether we're all shall we be clothed? Well, after all those things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father know that you have need of these things. Why did he say that? He said because he started talking about uh, the fowls of the air, and he, he started talking about the grass and how he clothes those things. He, he started talking about how he takes care of the small things, and aren't we so much better than those things? And he says, so why are we worried about everything? Why, why, why do we worry so much? So he says, I want to prescribe for you a cure. But in order for you to get the cure, you got to change your mentality. God is looking for us to, to shift. We talked about this a couple of years ago, even before the pandemic happened. We talked about mind shift. We have to change the way we think. The first thing I see is the seeking in the cure. Look at it. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Instead of spending our time worrying about the things that seldom matter much in life, we need to put our efforts into seeking things that matter more than anything else. At least four things are involved in seeking that counters your anxiety. First, the path in seeking. He says, the kingdom of God. Instead of worrying about other stuff, how much time do you spend on the kingdom of God? This speaks of the will of God. To be in God's kingdom means you are in his government and need to obey his rules and his will. And if we spent more time seeking the will of God for our pattern in life, we would have less time to worry. Second, we just finished singing about it, just finished shouting about it, uh, just finished having a, a good time about it. The praise in the seeking. Uh-huh. The praise, the kingdom, the kingdom of God. This kingdom also involves the praise of God. Those who are busy honoring God do not get involved in the worrying business. You're too busy praising God about his kingdom. Uh, we, we, we realize that his kingdom is a majestic kingdom. So you praise God for the kingdom of God. We, we, we say that his kingdom come, right? We, 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 we begin to think about what his kingdom is like. And because of that, we praise God that we know that he has provided us a place in his kingdom. Then the purity in the seeker, in his uh, seeking, he says, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the purity in seeking, his righteousness. God's righteousness is the highest purity. Seeking, seeking his purity, spending our time seeking the holiness of God for our life will starve anxiety. The more you try to be holy, 
The more time you try to live righteous, the less time you have to worry about other stuff. You realize that I, I, I know that I have fault. I know I have failures. I know that I, I've come short. And I, I know that I'm going I'm to I'm miss the mark sometimes. But I'm, at least I'm trying. And, and I don't have to worry about what everybody else does because I realize that God accepts me for who I am. Are y'all praying with me? And, and, and I like that because I, I, I was telling uh, a friend just on the phone uh, yesterday, I say, see, I love that God is the one that's going to judge me because God is merciful. Are y'all praying with me? God is a merciful God, but people are cruel. People will crucify you for the smallest of stuff. Well, yeah, let, let, let me make it plain to somebody because somebody like, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. You see, now we live in this society, my brothers and sisters, let me help somebody in here understand. We live in this society now with all of this social media and all of this access to your, your life and everything that you say. Don't you know that people can condemn you for stuff that you did when you were 12 and 13 years old? If they get a hold to it, it will cause you your job right now that could have been 30 years ago you said something that was out of line but somebody got it got you on tape and now it will cost you your job because we live in this me too world we live in this all-inclusive world and because you did something stupid as a child they will convict you as an adult why? Because men are cruel because people are cruel and they have no mercy Y'all not praying with me. Y'all not being real with me. But the truth of the matter is God is merciful. And God know we done some low down stuff. God know we did some bad things. And God still say, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. But when you're tried by the court of public opinion, you said the wrong thing, you wrote the wrong clothes, you, you, you know, you, 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 you said something to somebody that was, that was out of line, you was insensitive to this group or that group, and now they got your head on the stake. They're they ready, they ready to crucify you. But he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Fourth thing, he says, the priority. The priority is first. This is the key to the medicine working. We must put seeking first in our life. If worrying comes first, the seeking will not get done. Getting our priorities right in life will stop a lot of worrying. See, spiritual things must come first if you're to have your priorities right. And so, my brothers and sisters, a lot of times we worry first and then we try to get spiritual. I know that's heavy. We worry about it and then we go to God. 
but we should go to God and then don't worry about it. We got to reverse it. We, we got to seek God first. And the more we seek God first, we have little time to worry. Let me get to the second point. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shout you down in a minute. I'm just setting you up right now. Uh, 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 the supplying, second point is the supplying for the cure. Look what he says. He says, and all these things shall be added. See, the reward for seeking the right thing is the supplying of all your needs you were worried about. Oh, y'all missed your shout cue right there. You see, let me say it again. The reward for seeking the right thing is the supplying of all the needs you were worried about. See, the things that you were worrying about, uh, God said you need not worry about because worry will not supply the needs, but seeking the kingdom will supply your needs. Let me try it again. He's saying that worrying won't add one day to your life, but seeking the kingdom will. Worrying won't pay your bills, but talking to God will. Worrying won't put food on your table, but trusting God will. Worrying won't bring you back to help, but praying to God will. You see, when you worry, you don't help yourself. Worrying just causes the problem to get bigger. But when you go to God, God makes the problem smaller because he says, I have all power in my hand. And so God says, just reverse it. All I need you to do is shift your priorities. We go through life struggling and straining, trying to figure out why this and why that and what, what about this and what about that. And God is just saying, if you just turn it around, do a 180. Don't do a 360 because you do a 360, you're right back in the same place where you started. Some people keep that messed up, say, I'm going to do a 360. Well, you do a 360, you're right where you were. Do a 180. Just, just turn that thing around and go back in the other direction, and God will fix it. But you got to make him your top priority. Well, preacher, I understand that I need to put God first. But I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how can I put God first when it seems that everything is going wrong and I don't seem like I have time. Psalms 27 and 4 says, one thing have I desired of the Lord. You see, you got to find out what is the one thing. If, if you could just have one thing, what is the one thing? What, what is the one thing? God wants things to be simple in our lives. We, we, be, we begin to become too complicated, and God wants this thing to be simple. That's why John 3.16 is one of the easiest verses for us to remember. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't, he didn't make it hard. He didn't say we had to do so many things. He said, just believe. He, he, he didn't make it where it was, it was so hard for us to obtain salvation. He said, just believe on me and thou shalt be saved. Well, my brothers and sisters, as we think about it today, as we begin to find ourselves trying to get back to normal life as 
we would call it, uh, all too often humans fail to develop proper priorities. We too often assume that non-essentials are essentials, and that the unimportant is of great necessity. And therefore, we too often put first things last while putting the trivial first place in our life. How often one's personal pleasure is placed above one's responsibility? How often selfish wants are placed above important needs. How often popularity is considered more important than one's integrity and character. How often, my brothers and sisters, is watching television more important than prayer and meditation? How often Deceitfulness is substituted for honesty in business. How often has personal comfort become more important than personal commitment? Lastly, how often one's possessions seems to be of greater value than one's spiritual life? And as a result, we end up using people and loving things instead of loving people and using things. Y'all missed it. Can I say it again? As a result, we end up using people and loving things instead of loving people and using things. Why? Because our priorities are all mixed up. And often, and all too often, priorities get mixed up on the job, and the quantity becomes more important than the quality. Priorities get mixed up in school, and sporting events override a good education. Priorities get mixed up in the home, and the children rule the parents instead of the parents ruling the children. Priorities get mixed up in the marriage, and the extramarital affairs replace one's loyalty and faithfulness. I'm coming to y'all now. Priorities get mixed up on the highways and speed and recklessness override caution and safety. Priorities get mixed up in the marketplace and uncontrolled spending overrides wisdom and prudence. How often priorities get mixed up even in the church and the clock overrides the Holy Spirit. Priorities are all mixed up. But Jesus said, you got to make me your top priority. Yes, every day we witness situations where somebody's priorities have gotten mixed up. And as a result, my brothers and sisters, the nation suffers, or our community suffers, or the marriage suffers, or the home suffers, or the school suffers, or the bank account suffers, or the church suffers. And how often trivial things occupy one's thoughts and time. And as a result, uh, Sister Johnson, much is either wasted or lost. And let me tell you, when the house is on fire, it's no time for you to lie down and take a nap. 
And let me tell you, when somebody is hurting and bleeding, it's no time for you to sit down and read your newspaper. And when it was time to go to work, it's simply no time for you to sit down and drink your coffee. When the grass desperately need mowing, it's no time for you to take off and play golf or go fishing. When the house need cleaning, it's no time for you to lay around and watch television. And when the baby is deadly sick, it's no time to go on a shopping spree. Or when the bills are passed do is no time for you to take a lengthy vacation. Your priorities all mixed up. Brothers and sisters, just think of how many problems that could be solved. How many difficulties that could have been eased. How many burdens Sister Vicky could have been lifted. How many fears that could have been and how many lives could have been changed, or how many marriages that could have been salvaged, and how many sorrows could have been avoided if people would only develop better priorities. But until then, they don't ever expect, they don't ever need to expect, my brothers and sisters, their circumstances to improve. Can I be real with you? Church, listen to me closely. Until folks develop proper priorities, don't expect your nerves to settle down. Don't expect your finances to straighten out. Don't expect your plans to work out. Yeah, I know y'all quiet on me. I'm teaching and preaching this morning. Don't expect your worries to subside. And don't expect your doubts to diminish. Until you develop proper priorities, don't expect your dilemmas to ease any bit. And don't expect your situation to improve very much. And furthermore, if I can be Bible on you today, don't expect the Lord to help you. Because here's, here, here, here's the truth of the matter, Sister Joe. Joe, this is what I read in my Bible. The Bible tells me that he gives you free will. So he will not overrule your choice. He will not overrule your decision. And, and he will not overrule your priority list. And he will not overrule your personal plan. Oh, I'm trying to help to somebody. And, and, and the only way God intervenes is when you submit to his will. And, and so that's why he says, you must seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So can, 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 I, can I help somebody on their way home and going back up Russell K. Road? Can I help somebody that's in their kitchen right now that's cooking and trying to listen to me? Can I help somebody that's cleaning their house and trying to listen to me? Can I help somebody that's driving and trying to listen to me right now? Let me ask you, have you honestly been putting the Lord first? Let me, let me ask you, have you honestly been putting the Lord first in your relationship with others? 
Have you honestly been putting the Lord first in your home life? Have you honestly been putting the Lord first in your financial matters? Have you honestly been putting the Lord first in your daily devotion? Have you honestly been putting the Lord first in your business venture? Have you honestly been putting the Lord first in your private affairs? Have you honestly been putting the Lord first in your personal goals? And if you aren't putting him first, I mean first, then don't expect your prayers to be answered. I know it's tight, but it's right. Have you been putting him first? The Bible said, Thou Junior, that the Lord that I serve is a jealous God. If you don't put him first, he, he, he don't like when you have him second. He don't like to be a sugar daddy. He, he don't like for you to put him on the back burner. He likes to be the main course. He, he, he likes to be the one that's out in front. He says, if you're ashamed of me before my friends, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. If you're not putting him first, then don't expect your fears to be conquered. If you don't be put him first, don't expect your burdens to be lifted. Don't expect your problems to be solved. Don't expect your battles to be won. And don't expect your joy to be complete. My brothers and sisters, I called this morning, oh, when I think about Jesus and putting him first, I realize, my brothers and sisters, that the Lord hasn't always been first in my life. But, um, when he wasn't first in my life, nothing seemed to go right. Am I right about it? And I had to make a change. And if I can testify this morning, I'm not talking about when I was outside the ark of safety. I'm talking about after I had walked down the aisle. And after I had given my hand to the preacher, and after I had told everybody that I wanted to be baptized, I wish I could talk to some real folk up in here. I still hadn't had the Lord first in my life. Am I right about it? But the Lord, I told you, wouldn't change my list. I had to change the list for myself. Am I right about it? And the Lord let old Michael do what Michael thought was best. But one day, Michael started to get in trouble. Ain't the Lord all right? And I found myself with my back against the wall. But I'm so glad that I had a praying family. Is there anybody in the house today know about a praying family? I had some folks that had prayed for me when I didn't know they were praying for me. I had some folks that had put their hands on me when I didn't know what it meant to lay hands on your children. And all I'm trying to tell somebody is that prayer is still works. Am I right about it? And they had prayed for me a long time ago. And I'm so glad that God 
God never forgets and he don't hold grudges. Good God Almighty. And he must have been holding the prize of granddaddy. And he was holding the prize of great granddaddy. And he was holding the prize of grandmama. And he was holding the prize of mama. Because when I got in trouble and couldn't get my own self out, I hear those prayers saying, Father, forgive him, for he know not what he do. And all he could do was say he got to make a change for himself. But if he seek me first and my righteousness, all the things that he needs shall be added. Do I have a witness? I gotta testify. Can I help somebody in here? I thank the Lord. I say I thank the Lord for 25 years with my beautiful wife back there. But all 25 years haven't been rolling. But somebody pray for us. Thank the Lord, all right. But you see, I had to put the Lord first in my marriage. Ain't the Lord all right? I haven't always had the Lord first in my finance. Ain't the Lord all right? I was a little boy on welfare. I used to have food stamps even in the military because I was trying to live like somebody else. But when I put the Lord first in my finances, he turned. I said he turned. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. He turned that thing around. Ain't the Lord all right? Well, my brothers and my sisters, I wanted to travel, but I didn't know how to do it. I wanted to travel and see different places and take my children so they can go to places I never got to go to while I was a child. And I used to do it the wrong day. And I used to get deeper in debt because I had the Lord, Sister Washington, on the back burner. But I learned to put him first. And when I turned around and put him first, I learned how to do it right. And now, whenever I go somewhere, I don't have to worry because I know if I give the Lord first, he begins to open doors. He begins to open windows and allow me to go where I want to go, to take who I want to take. And when I get back, I didn't rob Peter to pay Paul. I got enough and some left over. Y'all should have shot it right there because as a young man growing up with a single mama, I didn't understand, Sister Lena, the value of a leftover. 
I'm about to bless you right now. You see, Sister Sadie, I thought leftovers was a bad thing because I used to have to eat leftovers day after day, night after night. I said day after day and night after night. I said day after day and night after night. I didn't understand the blessing of a leftover, but I understand it now when God can give you the leftover. That's a running over blessing. What he's saying, I'm going to feed you today, but I got enough blessing that it'll bless you tomorrow. And not only tomorrow, the day after that. I thought that if I ate a leftover, that meant that I was really poor. What it meant was that the Lord could take a little bit and he could stretch it, that you would have something on the next day. I'm trying to tell somebody, it does not matter how much you got, but if the 